Welcome to Thousand Generations Podcast, hosted by Dan and Chad Bohai, a father and son duo committed to pursuing God's dream and desire of faithfulness to Jesus and living to see the gospel of his kingdom pass from one generation to the next, to a thousand generations. Thank you for joining us on our journey as we hope to encourage you on yours. Hey, everybody, Chad and Dan with you for episode number six, episode six, I believe, of Thousand Generations podcast. Um, you know, when dad asked me, hey, son, where should we go this episode? As I was praying and reflecting um, today at the time of the shooting of this video, I thought nobody learns life's hardest lessons for when everything's going well when it's all successful, when you got all the fans and followers and fortunes, we really learn life's most crucial lessons through adversity, the unfortunate heartaches that are inevitable as on this journey of pilgrimage of faith, and then hardships. And it got me thinking, Dad, when I came to my understanding of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, I was 16, when he baptized me with his love and his spirit, and one of the very first passages you taught me to memorize as a son was James chapter 1, where it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And I think your wisdom, whether or not you knew it way back then, now that I'm almost 40 and now I have all of my kids and you've got all the kids and grandkids, is not that word consider maybe the most important word in the Bible we could consider? Our vantage point, our view of when we go through hard times, when our faith is tested, when our heart is broken, when we have hardships that come our way, that in the midst of all of that, the Lord is still working His amazing redemptive purposes. And so we wanted to frame this episode on three big movements. Again, we're still talking about mostly my dad's faith journey, which we could be doing a lot because he's had an amazing pilgrimage. But three big movements, Dad, that fall under the adversity, heartache, or hardship category where you've had to consider not to view what you were going through through the eyes of flesh, but through the eyes of faith, and to see the gold that was being forged in the fire of those things. So dad, just kick us off on just those various elements that you've walked through and how you've been able to consider it joy and what, what big lessons, life lessons you've learned through those big shifts. Okay, son. Well, it's good to be with you, everyone who watches the Thousand Generations podcast. And I love working with my boy, Chad. I couldn't be so proud. Anyway, um, since we're talking about how God works miracles out of messes or, you know, digs golds out of trash, trash heaps, I want to give some foundational verses. Uh, a couple of them from Genesis. I remember what Joseph said to his brothers in Genesis 45, 7 and 8, when he said, don't worry about it, boys. 
You didn't send me here. God sent me ahead of you. And then he said, in other words, he said, this is all God's plan. You guys may have thought you sold me into slavery and, you know, I had to go through 13 years of hell, but God was behind the whole thing. And then another verse from Genesis 50, 20, where, you know, Moses writes that Joseph says, you know, what you intended for evil, God intended it for good. And so a lot of times, if we can keep our focus on God, and not on the people, not on the demons, not on the affliction, not on the circumstances, but on God, he will take the worst of circumstances and catapult you to run the whole world at the time, you know, with, with something you never face, want to face. A couple more verses. Uh, I like Job 1.8. I love that. When Satan was roaming around the earth, you know, trying to prove that God didn't have people that loved him. And he says to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? And the rest is history. We Job loses family, wealth, health, but in the end he gets double. <laughs> and it's about a nine month, the scholars, I've studied the book of Job, so that's about a nine month ordeal. So it's the time of gestation, you know, giving birth to something. And nine months later, what looked to be atrocity you never could recover from, he recovered double. And he got to be the intercessor, which is just like Jesus. He's the intercessor right now for the whole human race. And Job, because he was persevering through what appeared to be an assault that you couldn't recover from, because of his perseverance and trusting God and those visions he got, you know, throughout the onslaught, he got to become the chief intercessor for his day and age. So and then the final verse, we all know it, Romans 8, 28, it's a great go-to verse. God works everything together for the good. I'm glad he included the word everything. God works everything together for the good for those who love the Lord. So that's the key and are called according to his purposes. So yeah, Chad, I'm glad that we're focusing on this because people don't want to focus on the hardships. They want to focus on the breakthroughs. Sure. But I think the hardships are the pathway into the greatest breakthroughs. And so you want me to talk about three major things. Hmm. Well, and let's just pause right there. Let those passages soak in. The story of Joseph is the perfect picture. Promised in his youth, favored by his father. And at the end of his life, it, listen, if you're in your older years, your legacy years, you don't have to grow bitter. You don't have to grow grouchy. You don't have to grow in your glory to glory fate with bitterness and all of these things that are hanging onto your life. Here's Joseph with enough clarity of the journey that, that God took him on. What you meant for harm, God meant for good. So as dad unpacks some of these major shifts through the adversity, hardships, and heartaches, I want you to see, my, I've never, as my dad's son, I've never seen him more full of joy, more patient, more full of love. So even though life is hard, life's going to be hard whether you're in Christ or not. But if you're in Christ, it has redemptive value and meaning. Praise God. I just studied suffering today, oddly, before this podcast, throughout Paul, throughout all of his journey in 2 Corinthians. Light and momentary is what he called them. And then in Romans 8, these present sufferings, they don't even compare to the all-surpassing glory 
that's about ready to be revealed in all of creation. Creation's groaning. And so lean into these lessons you're about to hear and you ask God for, for an upgrade in your vision and your perspective, even in your own life, as you're listening to this, whether you're on a treadmill later on podcast or you're watching it on YouTube, Jesus, show me how you've been working even when it was really, really hard. Holy Spirit, reveal your hand, reveal your plan. Give me your perspective. And like James said, I want to consider all of it at the end of my days, pure joy. Because there is a good father working his good eternal purpose in and through me. So dad, the remaining moments we have left, let's just go through those, those b- three big moments and the lessons you learned that you would not have learned any other way. Wow. Well, the first one was the accident that affected my physical health, where it you know, broke my back, shattered my pelvis, internal injuries, changed my metabolism, changed my whole life, where you go from being invincible physically to being limited because your body was impacted by being hit by a semi-truck. And, you know, some people have a debate whether God caused it or God allowed it. I don't care whether he caused it or allowed it. It happened. The The, the, the point is, what am I going to do once that happens? And so I remember, you know, several months into that journey of pain and brokenness, and but I had been baptized in the spirit. So I know that it wasn't an accident or a head-on collision with a semi that did it. It was a collision with God that did it. But because of that, it gave me a focus on an eternal perspective instead of the temporary setback. And I remember one night, um, about two in the morning, that the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, if you reach out and touch me, I can heal your body. And so we only give away what we receive. You know, freely you receive, freely give, Matthew 10, um, 8. And so I had never been healed physically that I knew about, you know, so I never prayed for healings for people physically. But that night when I reached out and touched Jesus, I felt electricity go through my body. My back was healed. My pelvis was healed. Pain left. I could walk without my walker. And I was instantaneously healed. And from that moment on, what the devil meant for evil God met for good because I, out of that one healing, became a person that believes that God wants to heal everybody. I never thought that before. And so I've had thousands of people get healed because of what God did in me. And so the devil's paid more than seven times for that. You know, there's been tens of thousands of people testify to healing. And I don't know how many people have been healed now because I stopped journaling about three months ago, but there's been a lot. But not one that I know of would have been healed if I hadn't been broken physically and God healed me through the adversity. He didn't spare me from it. He healed me through it. And so a lot of people want God to spare them from pain, but it's up to God whether he spares you from pain or whether he lets you be delivered through the pain. I'm just glad he healed me. And then the second thing was... um, loss of wealth. So the first one was loss of health. The second one was loss of wealth. I remember when the housing market crashed back in 2007 and we lost millions of dollars and we thought we were devastated and we had to start over at age 48. You know, my wife, Debbie and I had worked in business and construction, all these different companies, and we'd had a pretty successful life. And then all of a sudden it was all gone. It was all stripped away. And 
from the natural perspective, there's no way to recoup. There's no way to regroup. But I would never have learned the principles of sowing and reaping, of giving and receiving. I would never have learned the supernatural component of being blessed. I mean, I remember the early days of ministry after, you know, the loss of the wealth and God called me, I needed miracles all the time. Like if I didn't get miracles, I wouldn't make it. But after a while, because of my response to the still small voice, that said, sow this gift or do this act or do this kindness. After a while, I stopped needing miracles because I started living in the blessing. And there's a big difference between needing miracles, like somebody giving you a car or somebody giving you a big check because you can't make it without it. Here's the problem. If you rely on miracles, you always need miracles. But if you actually get into the blessing, you're the one that God can use to bring other people miracles. And wow. I have proved, like, I have been, I have the ability now with the ministry to help so many people more than I ever would have been in business. And God's done it now. God's responsible for all that. So I'm going to tell you what the devil meant for harm and allowing me to be a part of an industry where the whole housing market crashed across our whole nation because of the housing market crash. What the devil meant for harm, God had a plan all along. And now I'm living in the blessing instead of needing miracles. And so I'm thankful for that. And then the third was so. Before you go for the third, just so that the audience can catch, first it was your your health, car accident, but in that hospital bed you encountered the God of divine healing. And to say it's a hundredfold return is an understatement. It's a tens of thousands of fold return that you would not have had that without going through the excruciating pain. What we don't want to do on this episode is say, you know, God works all things for the good, so just get over it. Adversity is real. Heartache stinks. The emotional, the, the, the ringer of losing millions of dollars. My dad would not sit here and say, yeah, that was super good, stress-free, awesome. God's with us. He, he gets all of our hairs on our head, days in the book, thoughts before we think, words before we speak, but he also gathers up our tears. He sees our hearts. He knows our emotions. He is, he's uh, fully aware, acquainted with our grief and sorrow. But these lessons that, so first it was his dad's health and then it was wealth and understanding how God's kingdom economy works that you would not have learned any other way, but how to live in the blessing of God and, to free, and, and again, the underlying principle here as you make sense of your own story through the adversity, heartaches and hardships, look for the gold that God wants to, has, no, not, not that he has, not that he will, but that he has deposited to your account and how you can share that gold with others, gold being metaphorically uh, of the treasures that God is forging in us through the fire of difficulty. So again, well, health and then his wealth in 2007, 2008. And what's that third last big lesson before we land the plane? I think maybe marginalization or ostracized because of when the miracles of healing started happening and a lot of the blessings started happening. A lot of people in like evangelical denominational hierarchies didn't know how to handle it or understand it. And so they became critical and became suspect of what God was doing in my life. Cause I didn't come up through the ranks of, you know, the normal Christian evolution of a minister. I was called on a hospital bed and 
anyway, it, it, it's, it's interesting. But what I learned through that being pushed out or not accepted or whatever is that I learned that God's word is the word that has the ability to keep me where I'm at. Because before that, I used to let people's words either make me feel high or make me feel low. But because God let me go through that persecution of people slandering and gossiping or whatever, I've learned the fact that people's words come and go, but God's word remains forever. And because of that, I actually love critics now. Like when I know somebody's criticizing me or slandering me, God actually gives me a heart of compassion for him. I never would have had that before. And he opened up opportunities for me to partner with the International House of Prayer and different ministries around the world. And, you know, looks like tonight, Chad, in about three and a half hours, I'll be preaching to several million people. And that never would have happened if I would have not been kind of marginalized and ostracized for my belief. And most of the belief, you know, it was because I believed in miracles. I believe in the supernatural, and I'm not going to back down. I think if we're not going to become like Jesus, then what's the point? He wants us to be like him. So anyway, I've learned from all those, like being being assaulted and slandered by people, losing wealth because of an economic downturn and an industry crashing or being hit by a semi and losing health. It's been reversed a thousand times over in all those areas, and I'm more satisfied and confident that God's working all things for the good. So if you want to say something, Chad, I feel like I should share a little story to end. If you have any other comment you want to say right now. And I would just say, Daddy, I've seen part of why we're doing this podcast is we're chronicling our story that hopefully our kids and grandkids, well, my kids and dad's grandkids and great grandkids and your kids just have a, 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 a historic remembrance of the journey of faith. I would also say that last one that I've seen you walk through of some real pushback and adversity, some slander. It was during this whole period when it intensified that you changed the name of your ministry to Becoming Love. And I have to say, man, we all have rough edges still. Thank you for the sanctifying work, Lord. But I've seen you move at a pace, I would say the speed of love, and you wouldn't have had that. If everyone's high-fiving you, you have to learn. You join Jesus in his, in his suffering and his sorrow. That even from the cross, not that you've been crucified. We're not overstating our case here. But in that place, Father, forgive. I mean, what kind of resources is the Son of God tapped into in the Father's love? That in that place of great opposition, what's overflowing from the heart of the Son of God is love. They, they, they don't know what they're doing. And I've gotten to see that in your life as your son, growing in tenderness. And again, I would say you move, you've been moving at the speed of love and even more so. And that's kind of my journey, but we'll get to that episodes later, is, is, is learning to go at the, at the, at the speed of, of love. And then the, the supernatural that you walk in, it flows so much easier when we're not working through all of the offense and baggage and hatred and anger and vengeance, but we're able to stay in that place where the mm. Lord's approval and acceptance frees us from a thousand clamoring voices from the crowds because of the one voice that says, Danny or Chatty, you're my boys and I'm proud of you and I love you. Mm. So mm. those are great lessons, man. Take us home with that story. 
Okay, so I just want to, I'm going to try to do this in two minutes because I think we have about two minutes. So in John 11, we have the story of Lazarus. And somebody went to get Jesus because Lazarus was sick, but the father told Jesus to wait a couple extra days. And because of what we're talking about in this podcast episode, I want to propose that every delay or everything that looks impossible is not designed to defeat us. It's designed to be a setup for God to be able to show us a greater revelation of the different levels of glory that we'll never be able to experience unless we need the God of the resurrection. Because all that Mary and Martha and Lazarus had known was he was the God who heals. They didn't know he could be the God who raises the dead. And so everything that happens to us that the devil means for harm, I think it's a setup for God to show off his glory to those who love him and are called according to his purposes. So what happened? He died. Because he died, Jesus gets to show off his glory in a way that no one, no one else could have ever known. And so I use this little story. You know, when a person dies, God designed it for, for gases to develop. And we start bloating and the gases start eating the cells. And the, and the release of those gases draw flies. And the flies come and lay eggs and they become maggots. And maggots start eating the flesh. They start decomposing the flesh, right? And then when the maggots get so full, then spiders come and start eating the maggots. And then when the spiders get so full, then beetles come and eat the spiders. So this is going on within four days. That's why, you know, Martha would say, Jesus, he stinks by now. Because it's true. That's the way God made it. Well, I think it's a setup. Because the moment Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, I, I think the beetles had to start spitting up the spiders, and I think the spiders had to start spitting up the maggots, and I think the maggots had to start spitting up the, the flies, and I think the flies had to start spitting up the, the gases and the putrefying decay, and all of a sudden there's a supernatural miracle of revelation of resurrection power that we never would have seen is even possible if it hadn't been a delay that that God uses all things together for the good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purposes. So, hey, man, let's count it all joy when we're surrounded by various trials and tribulations. Come on. It's a reality. So if you, if I think I'm going to pray, is that okay? And yeah. so father, I thank you for the men and women, boys and girls that are watching this, that'll watch this through the, through the days and weeks to come. They may be going through the loss of health. They may be going through the loss of wealth. They, maybe go, going through rejection from people or even terrible things. But the story's not over because you always get the final word and you always save the best for last. Hmm. So I pray that everyone will get an eternal perspective and not get weary and well-doing, but just understand that you're working a story that will wow them through the ages of eternity if they keep their eyes on you and love you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Thousand Generations Podcast. If it's been a blessing to you, leave a rating on whatever platform you listen to. Share the video if you're on socials. And we'll see you next episode. Bless you.